to This is In the Bible. My name is Rachel Sharday and I am your host. All of my life, I heard my dad say, Rachel, everything is in the Bible. And I would look at him sideways and be like, that can't be the case, dad. Like this holy book cannot have all this stuff that's happening in this world. But this is what the podcast is about, you guys. All the crazy things that I don't found in this Bible that are still relevant today, that still happen today. So what I want you guys to do is grab your Bibles and let's get in this word. Okay, so we are going to be in John chapter four today. So go ahead and turn to John chapter four, whether that's on your phone or in your physical Bible. People still got physical Bibles. I know we do here at the house. We got plenty. I actually prefer it. But a lot of people don't do that no more. They all about the tech. I can't get down. That's one thing I can't do. I'll get you a book online or listen to a book. But I can't I can't read my Bible online unless I absolutely have to. All right, here we are. John chapter four, it's called Jesus and the Samaritan woman. Verse one, Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John, though Jesus himself didn't baptize them. His disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Okay, y'all. So this is already a pause in the story. The Jews would always avoid Samaria. Like they would go extreme lengths out of their way to not go through Samaria because they just did not like that place so much. And I'm gonna get to why, but they just tried to avoid Samaria by all costs. And we already see, and we already know Jesus is kind of culture, counter cultural. So he like, I'm going through Samaria, period. Let's keep going. Verse five. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village of Sakar, near the field that Jacob gave to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from a long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noon time. Remember, it said noon time. You're going to remember that later in life, okay? We're going to come back to that. Soon, a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said, please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? All right. Now it's time for a history lesson, you guys. Now, I told you the Jews would avoid Samaria at all costs, because here's the thing. Back in the day, the northern kingdom, which Samaria was the capital of or is the capital of, I don't know. Um, They lost to Assyria. They, they are in this fight. They're in this war with Assyria. So they end up losing to Assyria. So some of the Jews left and some of the Assyrians moved in to um, Samaria. So because they moved in, you know, over time. Let's just be real. Some of the Assyrians looked good to the Jews and some of the Jews looked good to the Assyrians. So they started, you know, getting married and started having babies. And that's, you know, where the Samaritans come from. They are this mixed race of 
Jew and Assyrian. So the original Jews that were there, they can't stand that because they feel like the Jews that got left behind or stayed, they've now betrayed their people and they've betrayed their country and their nation. And they are upset. So by all means, they try to avoid Samaria and Samaritans. And here we are now. And you can find all of that in Second Kings chapter 17. But Jesus, who we already know, is not like a normal Jew just because he's Jesus, period. But he's already pushing past the norms, pushing past what's normal and what usually happens in the day and age. So this woman is like, yo, why is this Jew talking to me? Like, don't you know I'm a Samaritan? And don't you know that you're a Jew? Like, y'all don't be talking to us and nor do you even be coming to Samaria. So why are you talking to me? Verse 10, Jesus replied, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Yo, tell me that ain't Jesus talking to us now. <laughs> tell me that's not him saying like, if only you knew the gift that I have for you. If you knew who you were speaking to, speaking about, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Let's keep going. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? So she is like, yo, okay, sir, like you can't be that great. Like you can't be better than Jacob. He the one that gave us this well. Like, come on, you can't be that better. You can't be that much better than him. No way you're better than him and his sons. Verse 13, Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. Talking about Jacob's water and his well. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Y'all, this man, Jesus, is speaking all over her head. She over here like, I just want some water, but I want that water. And he's just speaking all in spiritual, spiritual terms to her. Verse 15, please, sir, the woman says, give me this water. I'm saying, girl, I feel you. Then I will never be thirsty again. I won't have to come back here to get water. Go and get your husband. Jesus told her, this is my part, y'all. They had me like this is in the Bible. Verse 17, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. Jesus says, who had me cracking up, y'all? You're right. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man that you're living with now. You certainly spoke truth. Y'all, when I read this, I was like, this is in the Bible. Jesus is reading this lady's mail. He like, no. You don't have a husband. You done had five husbands. And the one that you with now, he ain't even your husband. And you living with him. I can only imagine the shock on this lady's face when he's like, yeah, actually, yeah, you right. You ain't got no husband. You done had five. But he's also talking to a Samaritan. She's just all types of confused and shocked. Like, one, this Jew is talking to me. Two, he's talking about this living water that I will never be thirsty again. And now three, he's telling me my life. All right. This is how she replies. Sir, 
the woman said, you must be a prophet. And then they go on and on some more dialogue about um, him being a prophet and some discrepancies in like how she, how her and the Samaritans believe things and how the Jews believe things. And Jesus just talking to her still up in spiritual land. And she's just like, okay, cool. So when the Messiah comes, he'll explain all of this to me. He's like, girl, I am the Messiah. So y'all this scripture right here, one had me laughing because he came at her and I was like, Jesus, why you set her up like that? Talking about go get your husband. And she's like, I don't have a husband. He set her up, but in a good way. Like he still wanted to expose the sin that she had, but also wanted to let her know, like you can still experience this living water that I have for you. And that's so beautiful. But I remember I told you guys to remember that Jesus was at the well at noontime. And this was important because In this culture, back in the day, another history lesson here, the women would come to the well only two times a day. It would usually be in the morning and late at night. And this lady is in midday. Okay, and remember, if they are coming, if most of the women are coming either in the morning or at nighttime, nobody's coming during the noontime. And that's because this lady was very known for the sin that she was in. Like she was probably ridiculed, shameful, um, just walking in a lot of just uh shame because of she done had five husbands and now she might be having number six on the way like she's walking in a lot of sin and a lot of shame so that's why she comes to get the water during the noonday but who also is there during the noonday jesus the most holy of them all and it just gives me a, a great depiction of like how often do we find ourselves thinking that we are too uh, messed up for Jesus. We are too much messed up and we got to get ourselves together before we give our lives to the Lord. Like I remember that was my thought for a long time of I'm going to get this together. I'm going to get this together. I'm going to stop doing this. I'm going to stop doing that. And then I'm going to become a Christian. Like that was just my, my thought back in the day. And Jesus is like, I'm going to meet you right where you at. I'm going to meet you right where you at. When you think you're being ashamed or when you think you're being quiet and um just not walking in just the fullness of who I've created you to be I'm gonna be right there be right there and think about all that just came out of this one conversation of him being present where he is and her just being and doing what she's doing like she's thinking she's ducking and dodging the people by coming in at noon and Jesus is like girl I'm here And I'm about to rock your world and give you this living water that you don't even understand what I'm talking about. And I'm going to offer it to you, my Samaritan. And can I be honest with y'all? I cannot stand, I cannot stand small talk. Like I don't do well with small talk. I really don't be knowing what to talk about. Like for me, can I give you a confession? For me, I think conversations should be like transactional. So like, tell me what I need to know. I don't need all the extra details like tell me the punchline tell me the details that are relevant to my life and relevant to this story okay don't give me all the extra stuff I don't really be caring so to know that this whole conversation started with small talk and Jesus being present with this lady and her being like yo aren't you a Jew and I'm a Samaritan like why are you talking to me it's convicting I'm not gonna lie for me just to be more present like Jesus like everything we do in this life should strive 
towards the same posture as Jesus. Like he knew the racism that was going on between the Jews and Samaritans. Like he understood that and he knew it. And yet and still he was inviting. He was open. He talked to her. He asked her for water. First of all, men didn't even talk to women like that in general. And then you talking about a Jewish man talking to a Samaritan woman. Like he is so countercultural and that is what he's calling us to be. Like, let us not just be the norm that we find ourselves in. Like, don't be the normal Christian. Don't be the normal American. Be who God has called you to be. Be a follower of Jesus. I got to tell you guys this story. This is one time I actually got it right with the small talk situation. So I was at church one day and this this little boy, he wasn't little. He was like a freshman in high school or so. Comes to me and he's like, hey, are these seats next to you saved or whatever? Are they open? And I was like, yeah, they're open or whatever. You know, go for it. So it was just very clear how confident this little boy was by the way he came to me and asked me about these seats. And I don't know why the Holy Spirit, I'm just having, it was the Holy Spirit. I do know why it was Holy Spirit. And it was just very evident that this little boy was very confident. So time goes by during the service. And, you know, sometimes they're like, you know, turn to your neighbor, say, hey, and talk to them, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, all right, I'm about to really talk to these people and tell them how impressed I was by this little boy. So I was like, hey, you guys, I just wanted to let you know, like, your son asked for these seats and he was very confident. I just want to encourage you and like your parenting and just keep going well. Like I aspire to to have my son have the same confidence, Whoop whatever. That was the whole conversation. So service goes by, keeps going, keeps going. And I text EJ and I'm like, yo, I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants me to take this family out to dinner or like out to lunch after church or whatever. I don't know what's going to come out of this. Like if, if I'm even hearing the Lord correctly, like it's going to be crazy and it's going to be like, we'll find out later. But if not, then, hey, they just got a free lunch and I'm just moving off of what I think I'm hearing. So after church, I remember going to them and being like, hey, I would love to take you guys out for lunch. And I'm calculating already, y'all. They're like, okay, we got two parents here and two kids. And I'm like, man, that's four people already. And myself, that's five. Apollos, that's six. Like, whoo, this this just this getting a little high already. But whatever. I'm following you, Lord. I'm going to just say what you want me to say. And I'm going to ask these people out for lunch. They're like, no, no, no. You know, we're okay. And I'm like, no, I really think I'm supposed to take you out for lunch. Like, I would love to just bless your family, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, let us go get our other two kids out of childcare. And I was like, oh, snap, the number just getting bigger and bigger. But OK, we're going to do it. I'm going to say yes, Lord, because this is what you told me to do. I don't already told EJ I'm about to do it like we about to do it. So go to Zaxby's with this family and they're telling me how um, the husband is uh, in the FBI. So they're telling me that he's in the FBI or whatever. And he recently got furloughed because the government was doing, I don't know what happened in that moment, but he was, he had recently got furloughed or whatever. So, uh, this lunch, you know, was cool or whatever. So I ended up meeting with the lady later that week, just her and her youngest son that was in childcare that I didn't see before. And he was around Apollos's age or whatever. So we just go and hang or whatever. And she's like, can I be honest with you, Rachel? And she was like, when we went out to lunch that morning, we had just prayed like, Lord, we need you to show that you care. Like, we need you to show up and like, let us know that you see us, that you understand us, that you understand our situation, that, you know, my husband just got furloughed and just let us know that you're still going to provide. And here you come saying, I want to take you guys out for lunch. And y'all, I'm getting tears now. Just thinking of like, 
if I was too scared to have that small talk with them, if I was too scared to step out and listen to the Lord and be like, let me ask y'all out for lunch. It just spoke so much to this family that the Lord saw them, that they just brought this random girl who was sitting next to them to church and say, I want to take you out for lunch. And it just blessed me as well to be like, man, Rachel, how many opportunities are you missing by being scared, by not talking to people, by not speaking up, by not talking to your your coworkers or pressing even harder when when somebody is, you know, having a conversation or probing more because that is not my life. Y'all, I just be like, give me the details. Tell me how is a brother friend to me and we keep it moving. But to know that like the Lord is like, no, I want you to be inviting. I want you to be open. I want you to sit and really talk to these people, whether the details relevant to you or not. I want you to hear them be like me with the lady at the well. She was full of sin, full of shame, full of guilt. And yet Jesus met her. And here we are, y'all. I'm talking to myself. I usually find myself talking to myself on these podcasts. But I want you guys to ask yourself, are you shameful? Do you find yourself drawing your water at noon? scared to talk to the Lord, scared to talk to anybody, scared to uh, confess what you're going through, scared to confess that you need help. And Jesus is saying, I'm right here. I want to help you. I want to give you this water that's living forever, that you don't have to keep coming back and keep coming back and keep coming back. And the thing is, you guys, this eternal water that he was talking about, this, this, this living water, it wasn't an assurance that bad things weren't happening, that bad things won't happen again. It was the assurance that I'm going to be there. I'm going to give you peace that surpasses all understanding. I'm going to help you. You're not going to be alone in this. You don't have to keep coming back, keep coming back, keep coming back, trying to make yourself clean or trying to make yourself better one time. And I've wiped your sins cleaned and you are okay with me. Or do you find yourself seeking fulfillment only to be thirsty again? Find yourself coming back. Lord, oh, I messed up again. Can I can I get another drink? Man, husband number three didn't work. Can I get another drink? And he's saying, come sit with me. Just like we just talked about on the last podcast. Be at my feet. Be present with Jesus. Don't just come when you need something. Or do you find yourself in the camp of the Jews? Your prejudice against other religions, other races, sexualities, that you can't even have conversations with these people, that you can't even give the opportunity for the Lord to speak through you, that you're not inviting, that you're not open to have conversations, to have relationships with these people. Are you so close minded that racism just runs your life? that prejudice runs your life, that you keep people at arm's length because you don't want to have a relationship with them. And Jesus was so countercultural. That's what I just keep thinking. Like he spoke to this woman when nobody spoke to her. He was at the well at noon when nobody is there. He was a Jew in Samaria. Things that Jews do not do. And yet and still, this lady gave her life to the Lord. She found that, that he was a Messiah. And who's who knows how the story continued and how many more people came to know who he was because of this conversation that was started at the well. What conversations are there to be had with you 
and your family, the person in Target, the person washing your car, your coworker, your son, your spouse, your daughter, those small conversations could have huge impact. Be seeking for those little nuggets of, all right, Lord, is this you speaking right here? Is this you? All right, I can insert you right here, Lord. All right, here we go. I already see the setup, Lord. I already see it. And then you plug him in. Is it you inviting somebody out for lunch on the whim and seeing what comes of it? You finding out later that, man, that really blessed them in a way that you did not expect. Let's be open. Let's be inviting. Let's not have prejudice, racism. Let's not keep people at arm's length. Let's lean in. One last story, y'all. I already told you I can't stand small talk and I'm working on it. Okay. The Lord is working on it. And Apollos and I go to McAllister's and this man is his dad, his papa through and through. Okay. We already call EJ customer service within our marriage because he is extrovert. Talk to anybody, make all the friends. Meanwhile, I'm like, "Mm, I'm back at the house cooking the food whatever you know what i'm saying don't i'm cool okay if i know you we cool if i don't i'm trying to get better at it okay but apollos mr evangelist apollos loves 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 people he loves meeting people he loves talking to random people and i'm usually the one that's with him when he is just blah blah blah, blah, blah to all these random strangers right so we're at McAllister's, and this man is literally walking around while i'm standing in line and I'm keeping an eye on him. He's walking around, introducing himself and shaking people's hands. Mind you, I'm already like, ill. You touching all these people's hands and they germs. And two, I'm like, man, I got to smile at these people. Hey, he's like, hey, hey, <laughs> like that when, you know, people look up and they see, you know, where is this child coming from? But this man at one point was like, mama, because that's what he calls me. Mama, ba, come on, come on, come on. And is like pulling me to go and speak to these people y'all think I did that no I was gonna lose my place in line I didn't do it so I'm gonna tell y'all about this failure that I had but there was an instant conviction of like man that totally could have been a conversation my bad lord that totally could have been the time that I shared the gospel with this couple I don't know where they stand with you but dang I messed up but it's okay I'm gonna do better next time which I do plan to. That just happened a couple of days ago. So like I told y'all, I am still working on this. And y'all be praying for me as I pray for y'all because small talk is not my thing. Meeting strangers is not my thing. But this story has definitely just given me some insight. I'm like, all right, I can do this. Look how much came out of this one conversation with this girl. And my child is just setting me up, y'all, to have these conversations with these people. So I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. And I'm gonna let y'all know how it's gone. If another situation comes up and I do well, I'm gonna let y'all know for sure. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we just thank you that you are pleased with us, whether we succeed or whether we fail. Um, Lord, I thank you that there is no condemnation, that you don't call me unusable, that you don't call the listener unusable when we don't speak up. We don't have these conversations, Lord. Um, 
when we feel when we feel that there's prejudice in our heart, when we push people away um, by the way that they look or the way that they act, Lord, um, Lord, we thank you that we can find peace in you, knowing that you love that person just as much as you love us, Lord. Um, God, I thank you for Apollos, that he continues to put me in these situations, Lord, that just make it easier to share your share your word that he um, uses these times, Lord, as an icebreaker for me just to speak up. Lord, I ask that you be with this listener, that they speak up when you tell them to, that you give them the opportunity just to lean in and probe a little more, ask one more question, share one more thing um, for the chance, Lord, to share about you, for the chance to tell them how much you love them, tell them how much of this living water is available to them, Lord. God, I thank you for the encouragement that you give. I thank you, Lord, that you are with us. I thank you, Lord, that you don't ask us to do anything you haven't already done. I thank you for you being countercultural, speaking to the Samaritan woman, Lord. And as you continue just to speak to us, Father, we aren't worthy of your love. We don't deserve you. But God, I thank you so much. And I'm so honored that we do, that we do get to experience your love. God, we just thank you that you are so good. Thank you that you love us unconditionally. And that you were with us, that we don't have to do these things on our own. God, I thank you for every listener. And I thank you that you were with us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, you guys. So, like I said, I'm going to do better. I hope y'all do better, too. But I got to be real with my listeners and let y'all know I'm trying in these streets, okay? Rachel is not perfect by no means. So, I'm going to catch you on the next podcast. Hopefully, by next time I talk to you, Apollo's done introduced himself to somebody else and brought me along. And I actually spoke up. All right. Peace.